So on this podcast, I have what I call my content creator brother from another mother, or better known as SwitchPod. It's a great guy, does some awesome content. I had a question about speeds and feeds. This is back when I was doing the JSD 80% lower finishing. And I just didn't understand quite how to do the speeds of the drill press. And he took time out of his schedule to explain that to me. And I just knew. From that point on, it was just, it's in my brain. It's not a hard concept, but I just needed someone to explain it to me. He did, and he didn't even know who I was at the time. Now, before we talk to SwitchPod, let's pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by JSD Supply. Look, our rights are being dwindled away each day by politicians. On August 24th of 2022, we're going to lose being able to buy 80% lowers. Now, they have this regulation. It's horrible. I tried reading it. It contradicts itself. It's No one really knows what's in it. All of us have read it. We're all trying to interpret it, but we just don't know. So Jordan over JSD, he is leading the charge of trying to figure out how this is going to work for us. He's working with other organizations like Gun Owners of America and, you know, Firearms Policy Coalition. They're all trying to figure out what this thing means. Now, we're pretty sure this is going to get tied up in court because, well, first of all, it's a bad regulation. Number two, it really steps on a lot of rights. If you want to see the work that I've created using JSD Supplies products, visit www.trb.fyi/jsd. Now, we're going to mislead you a little bit on this podcast because it's don't call the guy, be the guy. And don't get me wrong, SwitchPod is definitely the guy. Um, Like I said before, he's helped me out and I've learned a new skill and now I know how to do that skill and I'm passing it on and I'm big on learning a skill and passing a skill on. I said that in a podcast about a month ago where I think that we're losing our competitive edge as a country just because we're losing our skills. Now, the reason why I'm saying that we're just kind of misleading you is, well, we're going to talk about firearms and we're going to talk about, you know, maintaining and disassembling, reassembling, stuff like that. But really, this is kind of a small introduction to prepping. I believe you need to be prepared. What do you prepare for? That's up to you. You need to decide what you need to prepare for. But even the federal government says that you need to have at least 72 hours that you can sustain yourself in case of an emergency. Through natural disasters, well, we've seen it's been longer than 72 hours. So you need to be prepared. Don't tune out. There's some pretty cool cool content in here about guns right up front. And then, well, we talk about prepping. So with that, SwitchPod, tell me about your love of guns. Yeah, hey everybody, my name is, uh, well, I'm, I call myself SwitchPod. On, um, I had or have a YouTube channel, um, Instagram. And a full 30. And a full 30. Uh, and that's that's changing to... To Juxy. Juxy? Yep. Is that how you say it? Juxy. Juxy, and I, st- I still have to find time to do that. And then... Um, well, that's a good thing is you don't have to do anything. They're doing it for you. 
Yeah, I still have to set up my account, though. I'm pretty sure, don't I? Uh, you you do if you want to post. Like, yeah. I was on your full thirty account just earlier today, and it your video was actually on Juxy already. It, it it's okay. forwarding to Juxy, so it made it over. But yeah, yep, good. Oh. And then once <laughs> in a while, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, on full thirty as well. Um, haven't been really active. Been really really busy. So. Unfortunately, not a lot of content right now or any content that's been around in the last eight months. Well, it it's fine because, you know, we all get busy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I know when I first started channel, it, it took me forever to get into a schedule. And then it takes me everything I've got to keep that schedule going. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, life, life happens, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It comes at you pretty quick. So I'm going to bring this up here. For those of you on the video side, you can see what I'm talking about. For those on the audio side, well, you can always watch the video side. But this is the about page on SwitchPod's channel on YouTube, where he talks about, about his channel. And the one thing I want to point out is actually the second paragraph. It says, I'm constantly attempting to find better ways to complete the objective by using old school and tooling and old yet reliable common sense. Something, uh, I mean, this is really kind of what drew me to SwitchPod, other than um, he's an awesome guy because I actually met him on the Full 30 um, uh, forum where I, with the two of us, didn't, we didn't know each other, but I threw a question out there because I was getting ready to do the um, P320 80% build, um, the the infamous video that was on the senator's uh, letter that got taken down. <laughs> so, uh, but I had a question because I'm not a machinist. You know, I, I, I know how to use a drill press, but I don't really know how to use a drill press like, well, SwitchPod does. So I threw a question out there about, hey, these drill presses have all these gears how do I figure it out, right? So I, I yeah. threw that out there. And then you not knowing me from anything helped me out. Oh, yeah. um, it, it, it was great because you were the first content creator that I ever ran across that was just like, hey, if you got a question, just ask it. I'll, I'll help you out whenever I can. And I mean, you took time out of your busy schedule to write those posts. And I learned... What and, and probably like two replies, I knew everything. I knew everything I needed to know about speeds and feeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, calculating so, them, yeah. Calculating them. And then I put that slide on how I calculated the speeds and feeds into that video, which I think probably has more people have learned about the gears of their drill presses <laughs> just from that. Because <laughs> let's face it, everybody probably sets their drill press on the fastest speed possible. And then just and drill, baby drill. And just leaves it. Yeah, just <laughs> drills it right through. So, and and I can, I can laugh because, well, that was me, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's everyone um, until you figure it out. Until you figure it out. So you have you have a shop, right? Like right behind you. I can see your lathe. Like I've always joked around about it, if I'm ever out your way, uh, would you verbo your shop for me? I'll just set a cot up in the corner and just live oh, out yeah, of your yeah. shop for a week because <laughs> you've got you've got like everything. 
Well, um, a lot of things. I don't have a 3D printer, which is uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, static oh, for. Oh, oh, I'll tell you what. If I verbo it, I'll bring my 3D printer with. Yeah, you. right. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You, you can school me on that because <laughs> yeah, it's like the one thing. It's like the one thing I have that you don't. Know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I do not, and I need to. I, I, it's on the list. It's just not high on the list right now. They're easier to learn than I thought. Um, okay. And I have a big, I have a great appreciation for people who do 3D printing well. I do it okay. Um, mostly because, well, like you, life happens and I just don't have the time to dedicate to 3D printing. But even then, um, pull it around here. This came off the 3D printer. And this is an insert for one of the Mag Lulas. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So that yeah. Means you slide this thing in, and it's for loading P365 Max. Of course, it's not going to focus. So it's amazing the 3D printing stuff that you can do other than just, well, you know, people in the gun industry think, oh, you're going to 3D print a receiver. Yeah, you can, but it has other things. I mean, I've 3D printed gunsmithing um, stuff. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a Glock bench block that I, I printed out. It's really great for taking Glocks apart. So, yeah, if you ever get into 3D printing, we're going to yeah. learn you quick. Oh, absolutely. And I think the first thing I would do is start making uh, either things I need, tools that I would need, but I would make that part first. So when I'm making a, a sand cast, I can just build that, put that in the sand yep. cast, pound the sander out, and then I'm ready to go. There you go. And there, the, the 3D printing technology, even with the older printers, um, the slicing is getting a lot better where things are starting to get really smooth um okay. and if you're doing sand cast if uh you use pla which is the filament everybody starts on and it's the easiest to print on you can actually put it into um you can you can build kind of like a little a jar that you put you put your your part on you have some acetone below it that it sits above the acetone puts a jar on and just the fumes from the uh, acetone will actually smooth the sides over time interesting oh i suppose because the acetone would have an effect on it during the curing process for the plastic i guess that that would well, make sense well the the plastic is already cured when you print it it's cured really okay yeah so what it does is um you know come on focus there there's little lines so it prints yeah. line after line after line like that so when it prints that line, when it comes back around to put the next line down, that first line's already cured. That, yeah. that first line is cured in seconds. Well, yeah, but that, that's the time I'm talking about, right in between coming oh. out of the nozzle and then out of the part. Because this is after the nozzle around it. No, this is you do that after the part's printed. Oh, really? Afterwards? Afterwards. That's odd. Really? Yeah. So you do oh. it afterwards just, just with that one filament. And then you'll get a nice smooth side. And like this one, you probably hear it through the speaker. This is just me scratching on it. You can hear all those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you do that, you can get a perfectly smooth print. Really? Which would be great for, for a casting for Yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So, so that, you know, that's something I didn't even know you did. I mean, I mean we're, going to, we're talking about, we're going to talk about, you know, don't call the guy, be the guy. Um, oh, yeah. Well, when you, when you need you parts, you know, you, you got to sometimes you got to sandcast something because it's way easier it's, to do it, that than the machine. Certain areas you just can't get to. And it's funny because, um, you know, the first time I saw uh, 
casting. I knew it existed, right? But the first mm -hmm. time I ever saw it was actually from um, what's his name? I forget. He had a YouTube channel, and he's he's like Farmcraft 101 on his okay. channel. But he's all he has Guncraft Guncraft 101. Guncraft, yeah. So the golden AR. Yep, like, out, of, out of the, the golden cases. rifle. Yep, out of all the yeah, and he cast that in sand. Yep, um, and then he did the Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> the, beer, the beer can AR. Yep, and and, and, it's, and that's what I, it's funny. You can that, even use certain types of kitty litter to even use this your sand casting. You don't have to go out and get the, oh. that stuff. You can go get cheaper stuff and add a little bit of water to it and get the right texture. So it's there's a lot of different ways around it, but it's just knowing what the base chemicals are that they start with, and then you find something cheaper and use that. So I mean, yeah, that really is kind of well. You know, like we we're saying, you know, don't call the guy, be the guy. You can make your own part. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even, it, it's funny. I didn't even think of casting after a 3D print because, you know, we all think about, okay, well, 3D print this part and it'll go into something. Never even thought about that is your model for casting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, because you might be trying to make something you don't have, but you can find a three dimensional uh, model of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just plastic, so it, it might not be as durable or it might be in a situation negative 40 degrees where plastic doesn't really thrive. Throw that yeah. into the sand cast and just make one out of aluminum, copper, well, brass, steel, whatever, or not well, steel, generally speaking, unless you can get it really hot, but whatever material that would work better for. But that, you know, you talk about cold, which, of course, you're in a cold state like me. Mm. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> you're you're used to you're used to a lot of white stuff on the ground in the winter oh, yeah. time and uh and uh a lot of seeing your breath for months mm -hmm. uh while you're outside. But the other going the other way with it is like these these 3D printed parts, they don't do well in heat either. Mm -hmm. So like you can do um you know you start hearing about people 3D printing guns and things like that, which is great. But if you just leave that that frame or whatever you print, you know, maybe it's a, a, a little medallion you hang from your uh, your your mirror or whatever. You leave that in your car in the summertime and you come back, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little longer. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna be on the center console. It's not gonna be hanging it's gonna be on the center yeah. rear view anymore. Yeah. So uh, so that um you know, I've never even thought this is why it's great talking to you, because I didn't even think about casting because i've always wanted to do casting just ever since i saw the man with the golden gun and mm -hmm. and that, i was like that's cool i want to do that um and i never even thought about that with a 3d printed thing oh yeah that's 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 cool <laughs> absolutely and i have an idea i have an idea for the future but what who knows if it'll ever come to fruition i'm so busy right now but i want it there is some casting stuff i want to do because awesome. why why are we still using 7075? We have so many better, or I suppose that's arguable because it's you know opinion based, but we have so many different alloys that we can use. So it, you know we don't have to just use 100 you know 7075. So well, I think I think people just do it just because, right? It's it, it's it, it goes for me. I think it goes to that whole thing of. Um, you know, we're, we're doing it this way. Why? Because we've always done it this way. Yeah, because right. the military contract said that's what this was. That's what it and is. We, and we don't deviate from it. And if we do, it's 60-61, which is about that that much different. So, yeah. So, I, I you know, that kind of goes to, you know, rethinking conventional wisdom. Now, 
rethinking conventional wisdom, I'm going to bring, and I, I know I told you I was going to do this but off air, mm -hmm. share this tab instead. This video cracks me up, right? When I saw this, so um, <laughs> the video, the AK problems with arm date, uh, with, with his AK, where he was having problems with it. And, um, and then I watch your video on this thing where you have the AK, you're, you're going to, you're going to work on this thing to, to fix it. And you found out that, um, the pin was wrong. Right. And somebody incorrectly, uh, worked on that pin. Did, yeah. Did work on that. Horrible. Pin. The worst, the worst work I've ever seen. I don't really understand what happened. It was definitely a Friday at five o'clock build. <laughs> Whatever happened to that poor thing. Which, which is funny you say that because my, I, you know, I released a video a while ago talking about my hate for AKs and it, it, it centered around a, an, a, a Mahdi that I have that I think that's what it was. It, it was, oh, yeah, the Egyptian. it was yeah. a, it, yeah, it was, a, it was some, it, it was, it was some Egyptian that was, it was on a Friday. He was, he was anxious to get home. And that AK <laughs> is the worst AK that I've ever seen. And of course it was the first one I ever shot. Yeah. Um, but you know, I look, I look at it this way, 20 years into the future, it gives me a great project to work on. Um, but, you know, I was, I was joking with you about this is that pin, you know, it, it, it was a bad, it was a bad pin, whatever work was done to it was off. And I, so I said to you, I would just would have bought a new pin, but in that video, you were like, you made one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to the point where you heat treated it and everything helped. How much time did you put into that pin? A lot because so for just to make the, just for, you know, brevity's sake or for time's sake, I had to heat and reheat that pin about four times before it went within spec. And it didn't come out exactly, exactly on the exact, you know, C scale. Um, but it got, it got within that little area where I was like, yeah, this will be totally fine. And the only thing I didn't want to do is, you know, you, I didn't have, all I had was the pin. I don't have, I didn't have a receiver. I didn't have a barrel. All I had was the pin. So all I could test was the pin. And I had an original pin out of a, out of a, 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 a normal AK from a factory. So I could test that and know what it's supposed to be. And, but the, the issue of, of it is, is you don't know what the barrel hardness is and you don't know what the receiver hardness is. And you don't want to go too high or too low from either one of them. Cause otherwise the harder parts will, malform the the softer part so it's it's really kind of it's a fine line you got to kind of tap dance around to just find that sweet spot and you don't want to do too, anything too extreme without helping out the other parts and building everything up if you're going to change it that drastically yeah. so see and i think that's the coolest thing about that video is not that necessarily because i yeah i was like i just built i just go buy a pin i've said that to you offline i just go buy a pin and put it in there but the the coolest thing about that watching that video was is exactly what you said because in your video you explained about hardness and about you know if the pin is too hard you could egg out the hole which then you got a bigger problem with that rifle mm -hmm. um because now you're talking about replacing uh that was the trunnion i believe right yeah well and so it that, depends on where the damage goes but yeah it's just right and, and all you're really trying to do is is not obviously you're not going to get any rotation how and where it's put in but yeah, I mean, if you're going to be putting, if you're going to have something that you put 30,000 rounds through or whatever, the life of whatever barrel that's in it, cause I don't know, right. you know if it's chrome lined, if it's hardened, if it's 4140, 4150, um, 
but if it, you know, I want them to have that rifle for as long as it can last. So that pin's got to be made just right. Right. So it's. And, you know, like I said before, I would just want to bought a pin, but you know, I think about today's subject about don't call the B, don't call the guy, be the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, or girl, uh, we're, we're not sexist and, you know, we understand the other gender. And yes, mm -hmm. there's two. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, only two. <laughs> um, there's... That's a great That's the great thing about chromosomes. It's either X or Y and there's no... Yeah, it's X, X or Y, right? <laughs> All you need is a microscope, a powerful enough microscope. Um, so there's... You know, I, I think about that, and, and as the guns that I've worked on over the years, you know, and, and guns like my wife collects really old guns. Mm. You know, I mean, she's got a gun from 19, it was built 1916. It's a Beretta from, it was a Beretta model 1915. There's just not parts for a Beretta 1915 laying no. around. No, they're tough to find. Um, and then, you know, uh, springs and things like that. And that's where I, I go into the, the whole thing about making the pin. You have a skill like that. Um, if you're going to be working on guns or machinery or whatever, you might have to make a part. Mm. You know, it's not everything's all, all, you know, always available. So that's, you know, I'm very big on people building skills. I don't care what skills you build, build a skill, you know, learn something. Uh, my whole thing is learn something uh, from somebody else and teach something to somebody else. Right. You know, pass a skill, learn a skill, pass a skill on because we've, we've become a very big consumer economy. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it breaks what we do, throw it out by another one. Yeah. Cause that's the way stuff's built, but let's just face it. Um, economies come and go or mm -hmm. <laughs> um, kind of in a, in a kind of a crappy economy now yep. could, could get worse. Yep. And, and uh, probably not going to get better last, anytime soon. Yes. Yeah. Currency has only last so long in history. You can look at all of them. Yeah. So that's where I kind of wanted to talk to you tonight about building skills. I mean, you have skills that obviously I don't have, but you're more than willing to learn or to uh, learn. You're willing to, you're more than willing to learn me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to teach me a skill. And that's where I think people are missing things is, you know, not only just for when the economy is bad, but in general, we need to get back to that whole thing of, we need to be able to fix things. I mean, you, you hear the whole thing about, you know, you bought a car, there used to be instructions inside the manual of how to adjust the valves. Yep. How to set the points. Uh, how to set the points and all that. Um, you don't have those. I mean, those skills are, they're, they're gone, right? When we, we go in, everything's computer controlled. And, you know, I, I trust me, I, I like that I go into my car and I, I turn the key on and everything works. Um, when I bought this car, I remember, so I have a 2010 Ford Fusion. And when we bought the car, um, we bought it because my, my car just became so unreliable. Um, and for anybody that gets a car after we're done with it, it's because you need like a fender or a headlight because there's nothing left mechanical. Um, we, we run them until they can't be fixed anymore. Or it's just cost prohibitive. But, you know, I'm sitting there at the dealer and um, 
you know, we're, we're getting really close to, to cutting the final deal. And they're like, well, do you want the extended warranty? And I said to the, the person, I go, uh, pop the hood. So she goes, okay. She popped the hood. I'm looking around, close, close the hood up. We go, yep. I want the extended warranty. Walks away. My wife goes, what were you looking at? I go, I have no idea what any of that crap is. Yeah, I was looking at everything. I was looking for a fastener. <laughs> I was looking for a bracket. I was looking for something I recognized. Yeah. I'm like, you know, everything's all foil wrapped. And it's like, I was like, yeah, I go, that engine is like, you know, I might as well be on the, the you know, the Starship Enterprise. I have no <laughs> idea what any of that crap is, right? I, I recognized an air compressor, uh, you know, the, the compressor for the air conditioning, uh, you know, a fan bell. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, the rest of the stuff, I have no idea what it is, right? I mean, there's yeah, the remnants of a conventional motor you can still look at and see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, and we work, we get into this stuff of you know, cars are expensive, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and they're only getting more expensive in this economy. Buying the cars could be the cheapest part. It's the upkeep, and you know, I joke around saying that my next car is going to be like a 1960s Dodge. Oh yeah, you know, we'll just look at a hundred dollars worth of gas a week for the rest of your life. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or the life of the vehicle. It, or, it's going to get expensive quick. Or, or it just might burn some distilled fuel. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. You can <laughs> run them on hydrogen too. Although, you, yeah, you got to learn hydrogen and have yeah, flame arresters before you get to the generator because if you don't have a flame arrestor, you're really going to have a bad day. Yeah, or you could do put a wood burning stove and make a gasifier. A gasifier would work. Actually, that that would work really well for pickup trucks. And in fact, yeah. people did that in the late sixties. I want to say. I saw I saw a video. I guess about ten years ago. I think it's somebody in Sweden that had like an old Volvo. That that's what they had. Is they had a they had like a wood burning stove, and they just kept feeding it in the wagon. Yeah, and it works. Yeah. It works perfect. It works. People hardly um, believe it when you tell them. You tell them what you can do, that you can run a generator on wood, and they're like, how? And you're like, off of the smoke from the wood. Yeah. The gas. I mean, yeah. if you have a if you have a wood-burning stove, um, you know, like ours, we have a catalyst in it, so we get a secondary burn out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's how they get the, the efficiency. Now it's, you know, now they have a whole cycle inside of these things that you're reburning the gas. You don't mm -hmm. even realize what, what's happening. And yes, it's for EPA and all that stuff, but you get a secondary burn so it becomes more efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't understand these type of concepts that, you know, I, I get it, man. I, I love walking into a room and turning a light switch on, lights come on. I don't need to know that there's a, a gas fire generator that's, you know, two hours away from my house, um, turning a turbine and all that stuff, but it's good to know what's going on just here. Um, learn skills. I mean, mm -hmm. you you might end up where you can't buy a new car. I mean, buying a new car can be kind of difficult right now. So you might have to buy a used car at a stupid high price. But do you know how to fix it? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have the skills to fix it? Um, what are your thoughts on just learning just general skills about your car? Well, so like, all right, so anything like anything else, when you're looking at trying to figure something out, you're looking at the entire staircase. And that's what, and that's when people give up. I don't, I don't, I can't make it that high when you really need to just focus on that first step. So you were talking about uh, debt before we got on the live. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. You don't pay off your biggest bill. You pay off your smallest little credit card from the grocery store or the, you know, the hardware store, you pay off the littlest one first and then the next one, then the next one, then the next one. Because once you pay off that first and you feel accomplished, you know how it goes and you start getting, developing that mindset. I don't need the extra ice cream. I don't need the new pair of shoes. I don't need the, you know, whatever kind the of thing Star is. Starbucks out. Yeah, whatever. I don't yeah. need to buy the $5 coffee every day. Um, yep. But the thing is to get into that mindset where when you spend that dollar, how many dollars will that dollar return to me? And if you do that with every time you spend it, you'll start developing that mindset. So the same thing with learning things like you, we were talking about firearms. You were talking about you had a, a, a Mahdi, an Egyptian yep. Mahdi, and you want to learn AKs. You look at the whole thing. You're like, oh, I'll never figure this out. Well, just look at an exploded view of just the front sight, how it screws down and screws up for elevation. Okay, that, that makes sense. Okay, and it's it's pressed on and then pinned. Okay, and then we look at the barrel. How big is the interior and exterior from the landing groove from the barrel? And what's the diameter of a bullet? And why is it actually smaller than the diameter of a bullet? Oh, there's gas pressure behind it. And if it wasn't, then the gas pressure would pass it. So, and you just work your way back. Just take little tiny chunks of information. Once you put them all together, you're going to know it backwards, forwards. And if something ever happens to it, you can look at it and go, okay, the reason this didn't make it out is because, you know, the, uh, the ejector is, is, you know, blunted or has a burr on it or whatever, or whatever the case may be, you know, not enough well, gas pressure. It, it, I love that you're talking about that. Um, you know, understanding the components of a gun because going into, I, so I'm, I'm a big SIG fan, right? I shoot P320s. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love them. Um, I was at a range one time and, you know, I'm shooting P320 and this guy, yeah, it wasn't really next to me. It was outside. I, I was packing up and I was walking out and this guy was having problems with his gun. And he's like, hey, hey this, this gun's the biggest piece of crap. It doesn't work. I'm having all these failures. And I'm like, you know, look, okay. Every manufacturer, no matter what it is, every manufacturer has a certain reject rate, right? I'm like, everything this guy's explained to me does not sound like a, a, a problem with the gun. So I'm like, you know, I just shot mine i shoot mine a lot uh i go you mind if i shoot it and i shoot it and, and i'm like you know first thing i'm like okay we you know limp resting the gun stuff like mm -hmm. that right shot it failure to extract okay so it's not that and i go you're shooting reloaded ammo right and he's like yeah i go is it like you bought it or did you reload it he goes i reloaded it and i go here, I gave him like a couple of bullets. Shoot these. Mm -hmm. He shot it and the gun was cycling, no problem. He's like, wow. I go, you're reloading yep. your ammo wrong. Not enough powder in your ammo Not to actually enough. cycle yeah. the slide. But yeah, this guy was like ready to give up on this gun. I go, it's it's simple. You know, I mean, it, you start off with understanding how guns work, right? You're talking about, you know, pressure. Well, you got to realize that, you know, pressure is pushing that bullet forward while you have a whole physics of the slide coming back at the same time. Don't mm -hmm. have enough either way. You know, don't have enough powder. Nothing. The slide's not going to going to cycle, and you're going to get stuck with a bullet in the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Please don't ever. Oh, that, that's never yeah. a good situation. No. Um, well, the first one's not bad. It's when you send the second bullet. Yeah, it's the second you. one. Yeah, yeah, the first one doesn't get you. It's the second one. Maybe the third. It's the second one gets you. <laughs> you're stacking them. <laughs> You're stacking them. 
Um, that's what 22s are great for. I love 22 barrel cutaways when they have like five or six all stacked up and it's just like, wow. Which, which under, I mean, understanding simple concepts of guns like that, they're, they're important to understand what's going on. Um, which is what I like is, you know, learn something small. When I first started my channel, I launched my channel on disassembly and reassembly videos. When I did that, I didn't, I didn't know how to disassemble that gun. As a matter of fact, it was so new. There wasn't, there, you didn't even have armor manuals that were available to the public, mm -hmm. which is kind of why I, why I did it. I just figured it out because I understood how guns work. It doesn't matter if it's a P320 or if it's a Glock or even, I mean, you go back to my wife's collection of Berettas. She has uh, Berettas from the 30s that are striker fired. A striker fired gun works the same way. It doesn't matter if it's from the 30s or it's from the 2000s or, you know, now what? 20, you know, 2022. <laughs> yeah. They, they all work off the same principles. So you understand the principle, you could probably figure it out. So I, you yeah. know, I didn't, I'm not an armor of a, of, of a SIG. I don't know how to do it, but I've, I shot Glocks forever. And I just went, okay, I know how a Glock works. Well, Sure, the sear and stuff like that's going to work different, but the slide's going to be pretty much the same. There's only so many parts in a striker fired. So learn those, learn how things work and you know, break them down. That's all I did is I broke it down into small, small pieces. Mm -hmm. um, going into, into cars, we, had, we used to have an old Bronco 2. It was a 1986 Bronco 2. Uh, transmission went bad. I'm not a mechanic. I went out and bought a, bought a, a, a manual. I rebuilt that transmission. Mm -hmm. um, all I did is I broke it in. I, I laid uh, cardboard out. Mm -hmm. And I had the manual open. And I did step one and took all the parts. I had no idea what I was holding. But I had all the parts from step one. Put it down. Drew a box around it with a Sharpie and went one. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Step two. Put it down. Drew a box around it. Two. Still had no idea what those parts were. But I just broke it down. So that, you know, when I went to go put it back, there's more steps putting it back than there are taking it apart. But at least I could figure out this is what it is. When they're talking about a planetary gear, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what a planetary gear is. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned so much about transmissions and how they work by just tearing one apart. Um, very expensive uh, hobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. All your stuff. Um, and later on, I found. Is yeah. what you were doing. Yeah. Exactly. And it's you just break something down into individual parts or individual steps. You can do it. I mean, that's that's how I started off with um, disassembly reassembly. Uh, before I did that video, I had a buddy of mine that was doing Cerakote work, and I had a Beretta ninety six, so forty caliber Beretta, and he's like, "Hey, I'll 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 Cerakote this thing for you for free. But I'm not taking it apart and putting it back together." I'm like, crap. Well, there's about a billion parts inside of Beretta. And I did the exact same thing. I just took a, I took a piece of paper out, <laughs> took step one. I literally taped the parts to a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. One. yeah. So, you know, doing steps is great. Um, now, kind of going into, you know, we have these skills that we're learning, right? So watch YouTube University or Full 30 or wherever you're going to watch your videos. Um, learn your skills, but then let's talk a little bit about this kind of 
call it a weird economy we're in, right? Because yeah. prices of everything are going up, right? I, you know, we, not that I hide it from my audience. I don't talk about it a lot, but I, I, I do talk about it is back in November, I lost my job. I lost my day job. We were, my wife and I had spent years, like you were talking about paying debt off, right? Mm-hmm. We had paid debt off and people, I'm embarrassed to say we were running. I think when we finally started tracking it, it we were probably about 70,000 that we were trying, that we were trying to pay off. And that was just trying to pay off like credit cards and stuff. Cause we moved, we moved across, uh, across the country and we lived like we were living on our higher paid salary. And well, we, we lived the American dream by being in debt. Um, we paid it <laughs> off. Yeah. That's definitely Which, the central bank's dream on that. Point. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. the central bank's dream. Right. So, um, you know, it, and my wife and I used to work for a bank. That's actually how we met. So we know how the banking system works, but yet, I mean, we were, and worst of all, we worked for a credit card company. It, it's terrifying um, how banks work with fractional reserve and all that's not even a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's, that's where we, we learned some, we learned about how the game works. Um, and then when we, it's funny how the, once you're in the game, they don't want you out at all. Well, no, and when people, what people don't understand is the bank's only reason for existing, the the brick and mortar, the people with the suit, the only reason they're there is to give you money. And they don't care if you get it back or not because they're insured. They just want it on their piece of paper that I sold Bob or Jan or whoever a $250,000 loan or whatever. And the bigger business people, it's way easier to get money because all you're doing is making payments that are constantly coming in to wash the machine out. And they don't care if right. they they go bankrupt or not either because it's all insured otherwise. So the only reason they're there is to give out money and they don't care. And it doesn't matter. And right now money is almost free with where the interest rate is. And a lot of people are going to have a problem with how that makes sense. But with where we're going, if you have a $30,000 loan, give it three months. It's not really a $30,000 loan. It's like a $15,000 loan. Let that sink in. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, even go into your mortgages, right? Anybody who's taken a mortgage out has looked at, um, you know, or borrowing $100,000, but it's only, you know, 3% interest or whatever your interest is. So you're thinking about $100,000, 3% interest is, well, what? $3,000, $3,000, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not what it says when you're done paying the loan off. Exactly. You pay. You end that's, up paying two and a half times over. Yeah. Your original I mean, loan. People don't do the math. I mean, that $100,000 loan is, it, it can be, a, it can be $300,000 by the time you pay that off. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, your interest rate is only 3%. Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and those are things that you know my wife and I we understood, but yet we 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 played the game. It took us a long time to get out of the game. Um, we paid off our house. I mean, we we got it was just over a year ago we paid off the house. Uh, we paid it off early, and it is funny when you start paying things off early that you start getting kind of you, you, your mortgage company they're paying attention. To what's going on because they really they don't want you to pay it off early because they're not Ooh, making that full that's not how they make money, money. <laughs> no 
So, you know, it, it, it's funny when you start getting letters from your mortgage company going, hey, um, would you like another loan? Mm-hmm. Here's some blank um, checks. Yeah. I yeah. love the blank checks. Yeah. And they start they start wanting you to make more money. Yeah, you know, or they want to start making more money off you because you're taking money away from them. And um it's so weird when you start seeing them freak out because you're paying stuff off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we started paying off the credit card debt, and my wife and I, we were that when we worked for that bank, our our first job when we were when we worked together was it was called activation. Our job was to get you to max out your credit line, okay. right? With balance transfers. <laughs> and well, you know, no, hey, and, and, and there's a there's there's different ways around that one too. I'll let you keep going. So, so that's what we did. Is we got people that hey, you got that high paying, you know, Sears card or whatever. Um, move it over to us. We'll give you you know a six percent interest rate for six months. Right. So later on, you know, and then six after six months, it goes to, you know, 18 <laughs> percent. Yeah. Or 27 or 30 or, or whatever the crazy number is. Right. So um, we got promoted <laughs> to retention. So after we maxed out your credit lines, we sat on the other side where it's the I want to close my account. It was our job to keep you from closing. To keep your it open. Yep. To keep it open. Yep. And I will, I am, I'll tell you, I am, I am almost embarrassed to say it's some of the stuff I used to do at doing that because I had lending authority. Oh yeah. So you, I could, just, I could just extend the drug I, addict at that point. <laughs> exactly. I was allowed, I, I had the authority um, to look at your credit reports and give you more credit if, if it met parameters. Yeah. If you were in the matrix, if, if the matrix made sense, then so, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, why are you closing your account? Well, I got all this money and I can't, you know, it, it, interest rates too high. Hey, look, I'll tell you what. I'll give you your 6% interest back for, you know, nine months. Yep. But I can only do that if you bring another, you know, you know I'm looking to $7,000 into the account. You know, we can do a balance transfer and bring it all into that nice low number. And... And they're like, well, I, I, I don't have seven thousand. So I, no problem. You qualify for a credit line increase. Yep. I, right now, I can. Re- oh yeah, but I don't have seven thousand dollars. And meanwhile, I'm looking through your credit report. You don't have a Sears card or yeah, Discover yeah, you have card. I know yeah. what your balances are, right? Because that's where I came up with the seven thousand dollars. You yep, just happen exactly. to have that. Um, yeah, it wasn't so a number I is, just pulled out of the sky. Yeah, I I know what I'm doing because I know we I know what your credit report looks like. This is all the stuff, and, and I, I hate to say it because you know we fell into the trap later. Uh, we fell into the same exact trap, but the, the fortunate thing is is that we knew the rules of the game, and we still we still maintained our credit scores. So our credit scores were still high. We were main we were maintaining our debt. We were servicing the debt really well. We, uh, we, when we paid everything off, you know, our FICO scores were in the eights. You know, they were they were in the high eights. After we paid everything off, and we paid the house off, what do you think happened to our credit scores? 
it crashed down to the 200s probably not quite that bad they're okay. still in but it, still, but it crashes they, down because you're not paying on anything anymore i'm not i'm not servicing debt that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i that's once people that's once people figure out that the the farm is to milk the cow and you're the cow everything becomes clear you just have to accept yeah. it that you've been you've been fooled into thinking through school that you're wired to be an employee you're not wired to be an entrepreneur you're wired to you know you're supposed to buy a house you're supposed to get married you're supposed to have a huge wedding you're supposed to have the fancy car you're supposed to compete with all your neighbors yep. oh, so well. we go into what one of the weirdest things that happened to us when we paid off the mortgage we paid everything off and became completely debt free our junk mail went to almost zero no one was interested in us oh yeah absolutely we were we were outside the matrix mm -hmm. i mean we're yeah you know, we were getting yeah as we were paying stuff off man we were like open a credit card and we were getting credit card applications like crazy right from banks that we didn't have a, have anything to do with but Everybody was seeing that credit score, it, you know, credit score going up. Our debt was going down. They wanted to lend us money. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of goes into our economy, right? We talked about fiat currency really quick there. Yep. This is exactly what's happening to our economy, right? Mm -hmm. So our, our money isn't based on an asset. It's based on a debt. Well, it's an it, IOU. It's, it's it's a an note, IOU, right? It's a note. It's a note. Yeah, and it's and, and and the and the best part is, and I love explaining this to people. It's not your note. It's the Federal Reserve's note. And what's Federal Reserve? That sounds like a nice sipping whiskey. Federal Reserve. Think about that. Seriously, people. And that's, it's it. They can close your account and take the money. It's theirs in the first place. It's their IOU. Yeah. Since since and, we got off the gold standard, and what was it, seventy one? Yeah. It, so it, it's, it's an IOU. Money. It's, 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 it's a greenback, essentially. So, I mean, you get into this whole Federal Reserve stuff, right? And it's got the word federal, so it's got to be government, right? Mm -mm. Oh, no, that's a bank. It's a private it's bank. A, it's a private it's a bank. Private, private central bank. It's one of six, seven other or six other central private banks in the world. And um, the last job I worked for, our data center was inside the Minneapolis Federal Reserve. Their mm -hmm. branch here in Helena, Montana. Um, and it's really funny when you start walking around the inside because you got to get you got to get vetted and all that stuff to get into the building. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really funny when you start walking around there and they got security rolling around. And um, yeah, they're they're armed. They're not federal officers. But yeah, you know, it is private property. It's pri okay. private contracting. Yep. Private and um, you know, I remember walking by the fishbowl, which is where the central command thing is. And as you're walking up the stairs, you can see inside the fishbowl, and there's a rack of M4s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and they, you, know, you see, you talk to the guard at the at the front gate, and he's got an MP5. I mean, yeah, they they show that it's a big show of security. Mm -hmm. um, but really, there's nothing there. I mean, no, you're yeah, printing there's... money digitally. <laughs> yeah, right. it's a digit. It's been a digital ledger for years. People just haven't accepted it yet. Yeah. When you when you when you move banks, they don't really just send like money over the mail. They just 
call up the One's bank and they erase this number here and they tell them to write yep. this number over here. That's it. That's what happens. The M2 money supplies. Look it up. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's crazy. And then um, so what's happening is, you know, they're printing money out of thin air based on debt. Right. And I owe you. Well, the more money you print, the worth it's worth less, mm -hmm. not worthless. It's well, you could argue it's worthless. <laughs> it really, really kind of is, but it's worth less. Mm -hmm. So the more dollars they put in, the more dollars it takes to buy things. Our prices are going up now. It, the whole job of the Federal Reserve is really to inflate, right? They're oh yeah, because everybody... because inflation is good. <laughs> you hear everybody's going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Um, now you have that going on. Plus now it's, it costs a little more to live, right? So, cause the dollar is worth less. Now your products, you know, now the stuff you buy has to go up, right? Cause they made more money. Everything's got to go up. It, you know, it's, it's the whole, you know, the tide rises all ships, mm -hmm. right? And then you got, you know, certain politicians out there going, well, we got to, we got to raise minimum wage no. because people can't make money, right? Well, all that does is makes labor more expensive, which makes product prices go up. Yep. And now you got to, now you're, yeah, now you can't buy as much. That's right. So where I'm kind of going with this stuff is, is that, you know, I, I went through the whole thing where I lost my job. Now, I like to say that, you know, you hear, uh, the word prepper means different things to different people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I went off and I, I got into a certain mindset. Two of us were talking off, off air uh, around 2008 is when I got into a certain mindset. I was, we started, started paying things off. And then what we started doing was, I mean, yeah, we, we just got a couple of extra cans of corn or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Because, well, we just didn't know what was going to happen next because now all of our money is going to pay debt off. We don't have a lot of money. So we're, what happens if I lost my job while we were paying the stuff off? Cause we didn't have a savings. At least we would have some food. Right. So we just started paying, uh, you know, we started getting a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, for food, we would get like half a cow and a whole hawk. And it's just me and my wife and we've got freezer stuff. So that way we would have food. When I lost, when I lost my job, we had at least 18 months of protein. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, we have corn, you know, canned corn and, and stuff like that. We have a 1600 foot guard. We grow, we grow our own food. We've been canning, gosh, I think 2010, we started canning. Mm -hmm. Uh, we learned canning. So what we grow in our garden, we can. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, when the um, tomatoes come in, you're not going to be eating 20 pounds worth of tomatoes in a sitting and they will go no. bad. So you have to do something no. with them. So you're so we, left to canning or freeze drying. Pick your choice. Yeah. So we, we can, um, so we, you know, I mean, and the whole thing is you can only make so much, um, you can only make so much spaghetti sauce, pizza sauce, <laughs> freezing <laughs> it in bags. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you start getting kind of creative, right? So we're like soup. Yeah. <laughs> we made tomato soup. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we started buying extra food. Right. And, and then those are the things we did. Like my wife and I, you know, like I said, it's only my wife and I, well, when turkeys go on sale and Thanksgiving, 
we buy turkeys. Oh yeah. We just had turkey the last week. You know, we, we mm-hmm. thawed one out. We, and it's, like I said, it's just the two of us, turkey soup. Yeah. And you're going to have turkey for the next two months. <laughs> two or months for however long we were you look, freeze it. We were I looking mean, at, we were looking at, we were looking at our cans. We canned it. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, actually we have can uh, we have cans from 2020. So we're starting to eat up turkey soup, canned turkey soup oh, yeah. uh, to rotate stock. But, and that's the whole thing is, you know, as the money's getting less, you got to be more creative with how to get more. And, you know, some people are afraid of the term prepper, right? These are the crazy rednecks that run around in the woods with guns. Well, yeah, that, that, it happens, right? Um, but not everybody, right? And then I, I think everybody should have a couple of things, right? Number one, a supply of money, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't, whether it's uh, we, we go through a market crash and they close banks, how do you buy stuff? My credit card. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, but it'd be better if you had cash. Like we switched to all cash. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some things you still have to buy. On, on, we still use credit for, but that's, man, you know, we, we pay that. We've been paying that. But the credit card we have hates us because, well, they love us because they're making money on interbank. If you ever know how a credit card works, um, we pay our bill off every month. Complete. Mm-hmm. So they've never made any interest off us. Yeah. But since we've run stuff through, they make money through the transfer of money of those ones and zeros from bank to bank. Yeah, they're so, Yeah, they love us because mm-hmm. you know back then we were running everything. They don't like us so much because now we've switched to cash. Number one, keep cash, right? Because you just never know what you might need, right? Credit card mm-hmm. machines are down. Okay, I'll go buy cash. Hey, I'll, I'll pay cash. Um, still get what you want. Two is food, right? Keep some extra food and be kind of smart about it, right? So, you know, don't buy stuff that you wouldn't eat, but make sure that you keep a stock of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and some foods store longer than others, right? So, you know, rice and beans. Rice and beans. So you got your protein in your beans and the rice, you got some starch and you got calories. Or, yeah. It's got some carbo. Yeah. You, carbs, that's your yeah. calories right there. You got your, you got your carbs in there. Um, and for me is, you know, garden, right? Even if you, we didn't start with a 1600 foot garden. Um, we started with a small garden because we like tomatoes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, we, we do tomatoes, um, peppers, uh, carrots, potatoes. Yeah. Potatoes are a good one. Cause you can potatoes literally just take really- a, you can literally just take a potato out of the ground wrap it in newspaper, keep it in a cardboard box with holes in the bottom and a lid on top. They last a long time. Well, so that's the whole thing is, you know, when we plant potatoes, uh, last year we planted 75 plants of potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we just ran out of potatoes like a month ago because at the end of the season we picked them. Um, we went, we just went down to like Walmart or one of the box stores and bought the the fake milk cartons, right? You know, that you put in the door, they're, they're hot pink and stuff like that for dorm rooms. We just line it with some paper, put the potatoes in, line it on top, keep the light off of it, keep it in a dark place down here. It's no problem. The greatest thing about that is we do, um, everything we plant is um, 
heirloom. Mm-hmm. We say we save a couple of potatoes off, plant next year. Mm-hmm. And you keep cycling through. So um and then you know, I think you should keep some water. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And if you don't if you don't realize how much you don't realize how much water you go through until you start tracking it. Like for us, we're on a community well. And um, the well, the company that services that well ch- changed. And one day our water was smelled like chlorine, like really bad chlorine. And when you have that, you know that there's a problem with the system, that they're trying to kill whatever's in the system. Mm-hmm. So they had a problem. <laughs> Something got into yeah. the water well and they were just, they were in the water, the water supply and they were trying to kill it. Uh, either some type of bacteria or whatever. So we went out and got one of those uh, Berkey water filters. Mm-hmm. So we filter everything we drink. We had no idea because we, we always had like, I don't know, like 10 gallons of water. We had no idea how much water we went through in a day until we went through one of the, we got to that Berkey. Yeah. We go through, just, and I remember it's just my wife and I on this stuff. We go through a gallon and a half a day of water, just drinking. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it'll blow your mind when you when you start writing in shower start... or cleaning yourself and doing dishes and stuff yeah. like that. It's amazing. So, um, you know, I know I know we're of like mind. <laughs> so, what do you think about people? I mean, where do you think people should start when they start thinking about? Hey, you know. A disaster doesn't mean that it's, you know, meteorite hits Earth, because quite frankly, you're probably not going to have to worry about that much longer, if it, how, depending on how big the meteorite is uh, or, you know, comet. Where do you think people should start on stuff like that? Where should they start, you know, learning how to be prepared for? I mean, a disaster is not, like I said, not an earthquake. It could be you lose your job. I learned that, mm-hmm. you know, a few months ago. A disaster can be anything. You mean flood, earthquake, fire, whatever. Where do you think people should start learning on on being prepared? I mean, even even well, FEMA says you should be prepared for at least seventy two hours. Mm-hmm. Well, the best Everybody. the best thing the best thing to start do, doing is start at, like action. Start actually doing something, and it can be as simple as when you go to the grocery store. Like you said, you buy a couple extra cans, you buy a bag of rice, you buy a bag of beans. It costs you an extra. $10, you go home, you put it in a five gallon bucket. It can be that simple, but the, the mindset will follow that. So every time you buy something, you buy a few extras. And then once you have, you know, your shelves filled, then you start thinking about, all right, I need to put this in a, a Tupperware or a five gallon bucket or whatever you want to happen to do. I like five gallon buckets because they only, they can only get so heavy with rice and beans. They have a <laughs> handle and they have, you know, gamma lid seal airtight. So yep. for me, that's, that's where it's at. Unfortunately, we're going to be running into uh, the supply issues with that kind of stuff. Um, which is which is kind of why I was bringing this up is we have this not only is the money you know it not as everything everything's costing more but now they're talking about supply issues mm-hmm. right um and that's where I like to say be the guy you got to feed your family right you've got to eat your family's got to eat you want to make sure that you're there um so I, I like your idea with five gallon buckets because especially they're everywhere right I mean mm-hmm. Go to a box store, you can get a five gallon bucket. Now, I know what a gamma lid is, but for those who don't know what a gamma lid is, talk talk about what a gamma lid is. So 
So a, a gamma lid is a, a two-piece lid. Um, one piece snaps on and has interior thread. The lid part of the gamma lid has exterior thread and a white seal made out of, I, I believe, rubber, a silicon rubber, and you can just screw it down and it's airtight for, for the most part. Word of caution, do not ever stack um, gamma lidded five gallon buckets. Um, your maximum is three high. And if I would do that, I would probably put that much newspaper or old magazine or some, some sort of combustible material that could be used to boil water, heat food, whatever, in between each bucket and only go three high. You go higher than that, you will have one lid on the bottom cave in and then everything will go crashing over. Ask me how I know. Um, <laughs> but back, back to what you were saying, um, just doing like actually acting out simple things, buying a case of water, you know, buy, and then, you know, the next week buying some cans, the next week rice and beans, the next week spices, very important. Once you got very important, once you have a week's worth of food, now you get a water filter. After that, now you get a carton of Bic lighters or a Faraday rod, or you learn how to start fires if you don't know. And I mean, learn how to start fires, learn it, learn it, learn about, you know, flow and how to construct a TP or a log cabin or whatever you want to, however you want to do it, um, or a rocket, a rocket stove or whatever, how, however you want to do it, le learn the theory behind why it works that way, because that's extremely important because you don't know where you're going to be building this fire. And sometimes it's outside and the wind isn't working with you um, or what temperature yeah. it might be and how fast you need to get this done. A dryer lint is dryer lint, a little bit of wax in a, yeah. in a bag. Absolutely. You dryer lint away anyhow. You, you yeah. separate it out. It starts immediately. Um, but, uh, and I cover that in like, in like curing quarantine sickness or whatever, when I just, <laughs> just did a bunch of stuff, but, uh, it, it's just getting into that mindset. And then once you get into that mindset, the most important part is, is to go, okay, I can't go to the store for a month. Do I have any, I can't go to the bank for a month. Do I have what I need? I can't leave my house for a month. Do I have what I need? I can't rely on stuff any that just happened human. in the past two years. Yeah. And, and if, and if, if people haven't figured it out by now, it, I, I, God bless you, because I, I wish I had that kind of uh, uh, happy-go-luckiness, uh, because it'd be a lot less stressful sometimes. Um, but then, uh, then after after you figure that out, and you and you have a nice three-month run, or 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 year, or however far you get in that, now you start thinking, okay, now there's things that are coming into my house. What if those get shut off? If water gets shut off, am I near a water source? Do I have a manual well? Do I have a battery pack? Do I have a solar generator? Do I have solar panels? Do I have a generator? Do I have fuel for that generator if there is no gasoline or if there's no propane or if it's no natural gas, whatever it might run on? You mentioned a gasifier. That is another option. I mentioned to you before starting at a hydrogen generator. You can also run them on that. And all you need is a very, very low wattage. The amount of wattage just a single 100-watt panel can deliver you can actually run a hydrogen generator, which will run a gen or a hydrogen generator. And all you need is water and potash for that. And you've got a running generator. So um, I know that's a lot. I apologize, everyone. But it's no, just, <laughs> it's There's checking boxes. Everywhere. Yeah, checking yeah. boxes off the list. Imagine if no one was there for you. Everyone, like, you woke up tomorrow, everyone disappeared. You know, what are you going to do? That what means you do? your utilities don't work. You know, you, you turn the sink on, nothing happens. You turn the light on, nothing happens. Do you have a flashlight? Do you have a Bic lighter? Do you have some combustibles? You know, and and write down a list, you know, this week building fires, this week staying warm shelter, this week, you know, alternative fuels, this week, you know, whatever it might be. Um, 
because there's an awful lot of things a person can do. Um, but the most important thing is, is, is motivation, actually getting it done. Cause I know when you get home, your feet hurt, your back hurts, or you're just mentally drained. If you've been on the phone or on the computer, your eyes hurt. You just want to go home, put your feet up, crack a beer or whatever, a pop and, and start watching uh, better call Saul or whatever you watch. Right. <laughs> can, you just want to unplug connecting into the matrix. Yeah. You just want to forget about all the stuff you just had to deal with and go relax. But but at least once a week, if you can check that box off for this week, I'm going to devote three hours to these types of videos or building trusses or any kind of mechanical thing, just anything that you're in, that you're interested in or anything that you can check off a box of things that you just don't know how to do. And you want to know how, it, how it works really. Um, you know, by going to Harbor freight and buying a tire puncture kit. Yeah. Yeah. Get a few more miles out of your tires. Not just throwing away the tires that have five thirty seconds on them still, but taking those and just putting them in the backyard. It's okay. They were outside the whole time they were on your car. They can be in your shed or in the backyard. Yeah, it might not look the greatest, but you have tires that fit your wheels. Yeah. And I know It'll that work. people are, people are going to say it's going to be crazy, but the other thing you can do is uh, look at what people um, in Venezuela are doing. So they're uh, they're trading sugar. They're yep. trading. Um, powdered milk baby formula is a huge one um hershey syrup is another huge commodity down there because they just don't get it so families will send a case of hershey syrup down there and they can trade it for jeans shoes whatever shoes is another big one don't ever throw away an old pair of shoes um and when you buy shoes oh. don't buy shoes from don't buy any footwear from china ever buy footwear from australia or or england or america and uh, when you buy footwear from america double check that it's made in america yeah um and then if you and then if you can have have footwear that doesn't have laces because that's the first thing that's going to go out. Or if you do, make sure you got some five fifty cord because that's yeah. going to be way more durable than the cotton laces that you have on the on the shoes or boots that you own or nylon possibly if you got some nice boots. But fire melts nylon really quick when you're running through it. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the whole thing. Where I like to tell people is if if you've never looked at it, look at uh, Maslow's uh, higher needs right? You know, you need to understand what your needs are. Cause I, I, I do cybersecurity for a living and I've done speeches on uh, disaster recovery because that's a, that's a big thing for companies. We need, you know, something happens, we need to resume business. And when I've done these speeches, I've, I think I've, I've freaked a few people out because I start talking about um, Maslow's higher needs, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about in a disaster for a company, you're taking your IT team away from their homes. You're moving into somewhere else to bring up your systems so you can resume, you know, operations. Yeah. Make sure think, container okay. with a bunch of computers in it. That's really, really hot. <laughs> yeah. And poorly and lit. <laughs> you start realizing that, okay, as a business, you're going to get all these people together. They're going to bring the business back up. Well, it takes a lot of time, a lot of mental power, uh, all this stuff's going on. What are you doing for those people? Right. You know, they're, they're working, they're working hard. Are they getting bathroom breaks? Yep. They're going to need a bathroom. They're going to need water. Who's, food. who's, who's, who's getting food, right? Possibly heat depending on where you are. Yeah. Now, now you go into, if it's a big enough disaster, it's a regional disaster, you're, let's just say you have um, a data center that you're writing out, 
right? You you have reserve space. Well, guess what? Everybody else is going there too from your region to bring their businesses up. Do you have have you Scaling have you power. decided? Yeah, have you decided where everybody's going to sleep? <laughs> um, you know, everybody else is is booking hotel rooms too. You there there are things you need to think about, right? And I start going through this stuff. And I remember after giving the speech, I started talking about like, hey, you know, it might not be a bad idea to stock, I don't know, like Gatorade or, or whatever they like, just mm-hmm. at the at the DR site, lock it up. That way, at least when they get there, there's something there. And I remember after giving the speech one time, they got, this guy came up to me and started telling me, I've never thought about that. Okay, nobody does, right? Because we do our disaster recovery plans and all we're focused on is the business. We don't focus on the human factor. Like if it's a regional disaster, well, not only these people being pulled out of their houses to go bring your business up, but they're worried about their their families at home. Who's taking care of their families at home while they're away? Um, You know, and and I I start talking through this stuff with them and and that's where it's like, guys like, well, you're, you're a prepper, aren't you? I go, you don't need to be a prepper to figure this stuff out, right? It's I mean, simple logistics. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's where it kind of goes to the thing of, you know, if for some reason I needed to be pulled out of my house, I need to make sure that my wife's taken care of, right? So we have food here, right? Okay, if it's power outage, well, you know, I said we, we have beef and, and pork. Does she know how to start up a generator, Right. I mean, we lived on the East Coast. We were used to these things called hurricanes. Mm-hmm. She's pretty used to a generator. I mean, we had a hurricane roll through one time. My whole neighborhood was dark. We went out, fired up a generator. We went inside, we went inside, plugged in our fridge, had a couple of lights, rolling through a hurricane. We're on a big screen TV playing Xbox. <laughs> we're having a good old time. Right? We're we're playing Halo on Xbox during, yep. during a hurricane while everybody else is like. Uh, um, you guys, you guys didn't think this one through that this could happen. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, everybody's everybody's crawl spaces are starting to fill up with water because the sump pumps can't run. Oh, our sump pumps, man, we were we were pumping water, no problem. Yep. Um, but yeah, you got to think about the stuff. You know, at home, if you're a company and you're thinking about this stuff, think about your people. There, you need to be a prepper yourself for disasters for for that. And you need to be make sure that your employees are ready for it. Because quite frankly, you know, I, I sat through, I sat through a tabletop exercise and we were going through this tabletop exercise talking about this stuff. And I remember my boss is like, you know, we're going through what we do. Well, Jason's going to do this. And I, I raised my hand and they go, yeah, I go, I quit. And they're like, you can't quit. I go, can't make me come to work either. Yeah. What are you going to do? And they're like, stop being difficult. No, seriously. Think about it. No, this this. is a question. This is an exercise. I quit. I quit. What are you going to do? I'm the only one who knows how to do all this stuff. And I've been complaining about this forever. So, I mean, people need to be prepared for that. If if you have a job and you are, you know, if you're a tech person like me and you're going to have to go away to go do a disaster recovery, are you prepared? Right? Is, is your house prepared for you to be gone? Does your family know how, where food is? Do they know how to, it's, it's not good enough that you ha- have stored food. They got to know what to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't open up a bag of beans and eat them. 
No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, gotta think ahead if you're going to use beans, right? There's this thing about soaking them, uh, oh, unless yeah, you got can, unless you got canned beans. And if um, you've ever eaten just raw rice and raw ooh, beans, it's kind of nice ooh. to have a little salt, maybe a little pepper, maybe some hot sauce, spices, people, spices. I keep driving that point home. And, and that's what I love about you saying spices, because not many people realize that um, spices are 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 a thing, right? Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's important to have the rice and beans, but let's face it, man. You can only you can only eat raw. You can only eat rice and beans with no flavoring for so long before, you know, before you just start. Before the house pet starts looking good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely, you know, people need to start thinking about this stuff. It's not, it, it's not bad to be prepared. You don't, you don't need to be, you know, the prepper that you think of out in the woods, but it's not bad to be prepared. You know, when everything's going bad, you need to be the person that steps up, know how the stuff works. Like you said, big lighters, know how to make fire. You know, you talk about, you know, the ferret rods and um, big lighters. I like to say you need to be able to make fire three ways, right? Mm -hmm. And for anybody that has never used flint and steel, mm -hmm. you don't go out there and just start a fire with flint and steel. Nope. If, if you think you can, Watch the first five episodes of any season of Survivor. Yeah, it's either you can't or you have. Or you There's have. There's no I think I can because you yeah. have to have done. And the best part is when it's cold, wet, and rainy and below below 32 degrees and now go. And that's yeah. why I tell everyone, save your dryer lint. They, people think I'm crazy. I'm like, you just have to save a couple bags. Always have a bag on your go bag because literally that that one spark and that, that lint is... You got a fire already. You yeah. better have everything else ready because you got a fire. Well, and that's the whole thing is, you know, people think dryer lint. Like, yeah, have you ever heard about house fires because of dryer lint <laughs> catching fire? Mm -hmm. This stuff is, this stuff's great, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad you brought go back, okay? Because, um, you know, for me, I was, I was a traveling consultant. And, you know, when I was starting to go through this thing, you know, I went, everybody kind of goes through, that has never gone through this before goes from complete ignorance is bliss to, Oh my God, I am so far behind. I need let, to me bring, let me bring something up really quick. Yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to, no, that's fine. whoever's listening to this, there's a stigmata that follows the word prepper. There's reasons for that because the people who own the things who sell the things who control the things, they don't want you to be independent. Otherwise, no. they won't have money. When no. you're an employee of a company, you're making someone else rich. If you're going through life, like you said, just haphazardly, just happy-go-lucky, that's what people want because now you have to rely on others. Yes. If you see something on TV or the news, you have to think critically about it. Has Was this, what you, this scene that you just saw, was this four years ago? at an actual gun range in a safe area and not a war zone, yeah. which has actually happened in the past. So don't let, <laughs> don't let, don't let people manipulate you into not being at least a little bit prepared. You don't have to know how to do everything. That's fine. Like I said, it's a staircase. Just start at step one, have a little bit of food. Yeah. I mean, next step, maybe learn how to make a fire. Yeah. I mean, you know that, 
that's the thing like here we have um you know our house is heated off propane hmm? we have a wood burning stove right because well propane gets expensive i live in montana there's trees everywhere <laughs> you know uh for for five bucks you can get a uh actually i think it's now 10 bucks for 10 bucks you can go out into the national forest and cut a cord of firewood mm-hmm. and bring it home um, yeah, you, and, have, you have and, energy everywhere <laughs> yeah everywhere start thinking outside the box because you know people are like okay well, okay you can heat your house i can cook off that too mm-hmm. I mean, it's the reason why it's called a wood stove <laughs> oh yeah I mean, and i mean if people don't even go that far if they're a little more, uh, you know, they let's say they don't want wood, they don't chop wood, they can't swing an axe. There's things called wise way pellet burners. Yes, you don't, you just five dollars buys you 24 hours at full tilt, which is around 700 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's all you need, and it, it's gonna it's gonna heat up everything around it. And it's funny, so it's funny you bring up pellets though, because, um. So one of the videos, the uh, video series I'm working on is I'm building a bench over here and to, to do filming and do gunsmithing off of and and stuff like that. Um, I don't have a table saw. Um, my friend Doug has a table saw, and I he let me use his shop. So I'm out in his shop, and his shop is heated with a pellet stove. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an old pellet stove and all that stuff. Um, it's amazing, you know, a bag of pellets is was like six bucks mm. um i made sure that his shop had bags of pellets because yep. he went down in the morning you know it, you know this is winter time in montana you know these mornings were down into the single digits he'd go down there before he'd, he he works from home he'd go down fire up that pellet so for me first thing in the morning so when i got there it was still cold but it wasn't like you know oh my god mm. and then late in the afternoon he would uh he would shut it off for me. So that way the, the glue would dry and stuff like that. It's amazing how much energy you can get out of six bucks. And it's pretty easy energy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have power, you can still, there, there's ways to move the auger. I mean, it's pain. But make oh, sure and, you can and, move. Yeah. And the one I was mentioning, that, that's a gravity fed one. There's no electricity. Yeah, there you go. Out. Yeah. You see, that's even, that's even better. So that's like, you know, Berkey water filter. It's all mm-hmm. gravity fed. Yep, you just That's you load awesome. the bag, you load the bag up, you adjust the door to how much you want, and then you can adjust the flu and you're off and running. So and and That's uh, awesome. what what was it? A 30-pound bag of pellets yielded me a, a, a maybe a shot glass worth of ash in the bottom of the tray. That that's efficient. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And and the best part is it's like a three-inch outlet on the wise way. So theoretically, if you had a water heater like most people do, and you have a three-inch outlet. Um, water jacket you, you can just put it right there and just make a piece of tin have it right next to it no no one can fault you that it's installed it's not it's just sitting there and if something yeah. happens you just hook up that one piece of exhaust and you're off to the races so it's God, that's awesome yeah it's but, there's a lot of ways around it so so i mean so going back to the the, the bag um you know i was a cons- i was a consultant so i was on the road mm-hmm um, you know, when we first moved to Montana, we learned about uh, being prepared for winter. And we didn't have these problems back east, right? You know, they talk about here where you need to be prepared for winter. I'm like, well, what's that mean? Like, realize that you could break down and you might not see somebody for days. Yeah. Um, you might be getting to your need... location on foot. Yeah. 
so you're you're talking about you know i'm like but there's interstates like it doesn't matter when they close them <laughs> you know yeah you might be in the middle. out there yeah. yeah nobody knows you're there you have an accident you spin out whatever you're stuck you need to be ready for that situation so I, all right so i I'm like okay so i have a blanket and you know you start working through this stuff and then as i just start thinking like yeah it might be nice to have some kind bars in there right mm -hmm. A um, little bit of water. I carry I, I carry a, a, a water filter with me just in case, right? So if I need to filter some water, and those are things that you just start thinking about. And then, you know, my my bag became almost like a like a like a seventy two hour kit, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have enough, you know, kind bars and you know, like nuts and stuff like that that just doesn't go bad. That it's like, well, what if what if I get to a place and, you know, I start thinking about, uh, it's, it's said, say, I start thinking about 9-11, right? Everything shut down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your whole transportation system shut down. What if you're stuck somewhere? Um, well, everybody else is at, at the restaurant. What if, you know, I start going through the scenarios. What if the restaurants run out of food? You know, it, it's nice to be able to go, hey, look. I can I can camp out in this hotel room for seventy two hours before I need to stick my nose out. Everybody is calmed down by then. Yeah, everybody is um, in their right frame, a correct frame of mind yes. instead of a frantic frame it, of mind. Exactly. I mean, if you go into um, twenty twenty, what what happened in twenty twenty? Go find a roll of toilet paper, right? Everybody yeah, that was kind of crazy. Gotta, yeah, a virus. A I virus have, comes out and everybody gets toilet paper. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, and I'm sitting there, I'm going through, I'm like scratching my head going, okay, well, first of all, we, we have toilet paper here, right? Because we, we thought about that, right? And paper towels. And, and, you know, we have these things and everybody's freaking out. Like, oh my God, I gotta have, I gotta have toilet paper. Well, it's, it's not bad to go to Costco and get a big pack of toilet paper. Matter of fact, get two of them. It wasn't the when food, it wasn't the water. It wasn't the beginning yeah. reason of why you need toilet paper in the first place. It went right to toilet paper. It went right to toilet paper. Right? <laughs> so it's like, guys, think about stuff like this. Yeah, people are going to act irrationally. Yeah, um, that's proof positive right there. <laughs> that's proof positive right there that people are not going to act rationally. Um, don't get me wrong. I don't want to live without toilet paper too, but I just made sure that I don't have to. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, Go, go to Costco, get two packs of toilet paper. When one runs out, then you buy, you another, buy another one. one. Yeah, <laughs> that's simple. I mean, Same thing with canned goods or anything else. If you use one, buy one and have two yeah. as backup. I mean, I'm so far along where it's like um, I have in my car, I have a roll of toilet paper and a roll mm -hmm. of paper towels. Yep. Um, mostly it's really nice for like when you're out shooting at the range. Oh, just to wipe range. your hands off. Just to wipe, yeah. yeah, just to clean your hands off. Or, well, you, you might need to, to do your business in the woods, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not like there's any place to go there. Well, yeah, so, when your body wants to go, you can't just tell it not to. Yeah, you got to go. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you so, got to go. I mean, you know, things like that is just start, start realizing what you need and just pack a little extra, right? I mean... You know, that's the whole thing. I'll, I'll, I'll obviously don't have a roll of paper towel uh, of toilet paper down here, but here's a roll of paper towels. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize is take take the core out and this stuff squishes. Yep. 
And then um, you do the same thing with toilet paper. It takes up yep. less room. And it fits perfectly into a sandwich bag. Exactly. That's where I was going with that. Because wet toilet paper doesn't work as well as dry toilet paper. No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. So, I mean, those are some things that people should think about is not just, you know, when they're at home. Yes, you should. You should not be freaking out about toilet paper. You shouldn't need a toilet paper fort either, right? No. Um, okay, I mean, you can't eat it. Yeah, you, you can't shouldn't. eat it. Yeah. Yeah, well. But if you like do, you're just else. going to be using more toilet paper with it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like anything else. So it's like you get into arguments with people about cryptocurrency or precious metals or whatever. It's like, guys, get both. Yeah. What, what's what's going to hurt you? If you're if you're wrong on one and one goes down and one goes up, you're still where, where you should be. If it goes this way, you're still good. It doesn't matter. But but and, there's no reason to say that this is worthless and this is worthless. They both have histories. They both have made they both have gone up and to the right. It's it's okay, you know. You can cover your bases easily, right? Easily, and it's not hard to get into either one of them. I mean, no. seriously, uh, you know, precious metals. I think is probably a little easier because you don't need a computer. I mean, yep. really, just go down to a coin dealer and buy a silver eagle, and mm -hmm. you know, there you go. There, um, silver round, or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, just start just start a little bit right i mean you know you buy a little bit i mean my wife and i you know going through this whole thing of paying bills off you know we for birthdays we buy gifts and stuff like that um we came out of that we, we stopped buying each other gifts for things we're just like okay it's just gonna be a card because we just don't have the money because we're paying everything off going out of that exercise is like well do we need to buy each other like weird stuff Right. So we got into this whole thing of buying each other like a coin. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, you know, it can be, I don't know. I got them over here. Let me lean forward for those of you on the video side, you'll be able to see. Um, hey, here's one right here. It's just a coin, right? It's got an eagle that's colored. In it. I like, I like eagles. And uh, it's a one ounce coin. It's been colorized. Sure, it's a little more expensive than a regular one ounce coin, but it, it, it means something to me because it was an eagle and I like an eagle. Hmm. In the end, it's one ounce of silver. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's this versus whatever gadget that I had that is now broken or outdated or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, you know, we started buying each other things that, well, it would suck because it it means something to me. But if I needed to, I could sell it at any mm -hmm. time, and it's instant cash. Yeah, I'd give you thirty bucks for it right now. That's exactly how that works. Yeah. You know, if you needed cash, exactly. you'd sell it to me. I'd pay you the twenty three eighty seven spot price plus all the way up to thirty yeah. bucks for its numismatic value. I'd have the coin. You'd have the cash. You'd go buy with whatever you wanted with the cash, or pay right. whatever bill, or whatever it might be. So, so and and people just kind of discount that. So don't don't think that you got to go all in but on the other side is if you're gonna gonna give people a gift give them something like i mean there's nothing wrong with it. you hear people talk about um was it argentina that the crash happened mm. that inflation got so bad that people would take their they wear gold chains when they go buy something they take gold chain take off. a link off yeah take a link yep. off trade it you don't realize that stuff that's money 
mm-hmm. hanging around you. Um, you know, sentimental value is set aside. You always have access to something. Mm-hmm. You have something of value that has been a, a source of value for over 5,000 years. Yes, exactly. So that's, um, you know, going back to the whole circle of don't call to be the guy. That's being the guy. Being prepared mm-hmm. is being the guy. doesn't matter whether it's prepared for knowledge, food, protection. We talked about guns. I mean, you know, we talked all about food. You know, some people think of being a prepper, the first thing you do is buy 100 guns. No. No. You might want to buy food before you do that. You know, worry about getting the stuff before you need to worry about protecting the stuff. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, if, I mean, a gun, well, your average firearm, let's just call it $500. I'm sure there'll be an argument higher or lower, but... Sure. Why don't we buy some tourniquets, some gauze, a chest seal first? I mean, if we're buying well, guns, if, if if there's stuff flying around in the air, you don't want to get hit with it. You at least want to be able to, you know, stop stop yourself from bleeding, too. So, I mean, that's so, another one that just goes completely out of people's minds. Like, they I, got their plate uh, carrier, but they don't have, you know, an individual field aid kit. But where where's your head at? Well, even, even going farther than that, like, for me, um, I, I talk a lot about, being prepared for medical emergencies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have, sorry, I'm looking at my, my range bag. I have a, um, I have a med kit. I have a, a trauma kit mm-hmm. on my range bag. Well, well, why? Well, things could happen. Because we're playing with firearms. <laughs> we're playing with firearms. Yeah. Something could happen. Now I might not get shot, but what if there's a ricochet and I get hit? Or a squib, you know, yep. or a squib. Yeah. Barrel blows up, lacerates you. So those are things, you know, it's important to have a kit, but it's also important to have the training for the kit, right? Mm-hmm. Having the tool and not knowing how to use a tool is no good. No. Um, and I, I'm very big on that. Like, go take a first aid class. You know, my trauma kit has chest seals in them, has a tourniquet. Do you know how to use a tourniquet? I mean, it's not hard to figure out, but do you really know where how to place torque the tourniquet? You really got to put on torque? there and yep. then writing a time I mean, on someone. <laughs> see, and I, I'm glad you said that because when I reviewed this this kit, um, that was one of my that's one of my complaints. I go, you're giving me a trauma kit with a tourniquet, but you didn't give me a sharpie. Well, yeah. Well, I love the ones that have it right in the the windlass, and right inside the aluminum yeah. windlass. One side comes yeah. off, and it's a pen. I'm like, this is brilliant. That's awesome. And you know, I said that to them, and they're like, and you know, they've got they've got a guy that's putting these kits together. Is you know, he's I, I, he he was in the military. And he was a medic in the military, and for some reason, it even got past him that he it, they didn't put a pen. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, at that at that point, you just dip, dip, and then write it on the forehead, and there you go. But but that's the other thing is that if you don't have the training, you don't even know to write the time of tourniquet. Yeah, that's that's important. I mean, this whole area. I mean, depending on where. I mean that that needs to breathe. You need air. It needs air. (laughs) So so you know, for those of you out there that don't understand about tourniquet, is you are cutting all the blood flow off to a limb. Well, the idea behind writing the time on the patient is that when you get transferred to the higher level care, they now know how long that tourniquet's been on because they got to let some blood. They know how much time has passed 
because if too much time goes past, they're talking about rather than that, that might be coming trying off. to restore, they're just going to cut it off. Mm-hmm. You know, they get in there and hey, that tourniquet's been on for six hours. They're not saving that limb. They're going right to amputation. Um, but if you're coming in and it's only been on for 45 minutes, they're they're working their butt off to save that limb. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, make sure you understand stuff like this. And this is all covered in first aid classes. And first aid classes are not expensive. No, but there. Here's the thing. So it, let's say it costs you two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, a thousand. It doesn't matter what the price is. What is your life worth? What is your kid's life worth? What is your wife's or husband's life worth? What is your brother's, sister's, your best friend's life worth? Is it worth a thousand dollars? Who cares? Whatever. Who cares at that point? No. Yeah. I mean, don't go to the bar for a month or don't, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. don't, don't, don't smoke a bunch of meat every weekend for, for two months and just go to a medical kit. Like I, I, I don't want to sound like this. Cause first off, I'm sorry. It sounds like I'm coming down on everyone because I absolutely hate it when I hear people coming down and I'm in the, and I'm listening to it too. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've done all this relax. Like <laughs> not that, not that I've, not that I know everything or anything like that. I'm just saying, I don't want to sound like I'm coming at people sideways either. So. No. And you know what's funny? I just picked up on something behind you. Fire extinguisher. What? Oh, yeah. There's two. There's the big one right over there, and there's a little one right there. Yeah. There's How many another houses? eight in the house, one in the truck. I'm just sitting there thinking, going, yeah, I just saw that up there. And I, you know, I know you got machinery and stuff like that. And I'm just sitting there thinking, going, all right, he's got that fire extinguisher there. And I'm going, there's at least six in this house. And like, mm-hmm. just something as simple as a fire extinguisher. And knowing how to use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aim at the base. Those are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, make sure it's an I mean, ABC because you never know. Or, or exactly. If, if you're, if, I mean, if you're really getting into it, a Halon would be great, but you know, well, whatever. But, but, but Halon's been banned. <laughs> oh, has it? Or uh, Halon's been banned since like the eighties. So it's now, it's now we call it Halon, but it sounds like FE 500. It's like a hell is, on. Well, yeah. Well, it's something. It's just yeah. It's Either nerd, way, yeah. take a big deep breath and then fight the fire. But yeah, the yellow, yeah. the big, the giant yellow ones that we have at work, I think are well. It must be something like that. But yeah, yeah. Halo, it's, Halo it's like was always piece. fun when you're on fire. You're just like, <gasps> yep, you're out. <laughs> yep. So it's funny. I was I was in a hell on dump once in the data center. Oh God. And. Uh, so going well, those data center, what people don't get is that those data centers, you know, some of them have seal. liquid nitrogen cooling. Like you, the amount yeah. of heat that you're building is is unbelievable, huge. And and the stuff so, that gets on fire inside a computer, you do not want to breathe in. No, that's some nasty stuff. Yeah, you're breathing um, fiberglass, me, copper. I, <laughs> trust me, I've taken stuff. a I've taken a plasma torch to a hard drive. Oh. Trust me. It smells bad when you hit the board. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and it catches fire really well. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean those but, those chi- those chips are uh, epoxy. People don't know that. Yep. I mean, yeah. you don't want it, it, when you're mixing it together. You're breathing it in. It's like, oh my god. Well, imagine if it's on fire. Just imagine, you know? Yeah. Just imagine the smoke from it. Mm-hmm. So I was in this data center, and um, you had to go through a safety briefing because this data center was a very specific data center. It was a hundred thousand square feet. Big data center, mm-hmm. but only twenty thousand of it was actually data center. Oh, there's so probably all, backup generators and all sorts of stuff. Well, no, all the computers were in the middle. Okay, 
so that with someone walking to the computers, having basically crossed DMZ, right? It, there's nothing there. So everybody knew someone was going in there because you could see, you know, it took you so long to get there. Even if you took your, your eyes off the monitor, you look back, there was still somebody walking. You could see. So basically, you know, in this data center, seals. So when the halon dump, it seals to make sure that everything goes out. All the racks had these masks hanging on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through this through the safety briefing like, hey, look, halon goes off. Don't even go for the exit. You're not going to make it. No. Immediately go right to the mask, put the mask on. They, they talk about donning the mask and all that stuff. Like, okay. So I worked in this data center for a little bit as a contractor. I'm working on a server late one night and it sounded like a gunshot went off and it was a halon dump went through I'm like oh shit we immediately reached for the mask going on and um operations was against one side inside the data center so i went over there like what's going on they're like they're freaking out they have no idea what's going on they're trying to figure it out well one of the heads blew up it, under pressure it failed and that was the gut. That's what it sent. It sent traffic everywhere too. Um, so we're sitting there, and I'm like, you know, all the power goes off. It's really eerily quiet. You got kind of that little fog going on in there. Um, and um, yeah, that's it, it. It's one of those things. It's like that stuff will suffocate a fire like instantly. Yeah, um, it takes away oxygen. The other thing it doesn't I don't do anything to is maybe magnesium. Maybe. Yeah. And even then, magnesium will only be able to go at its own pace. Yeah, exactly. Um, and really, if you think about it, if you're dealing with anything that's magnesium, you're in a very specific facility doing some very specific things. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, yeah, magnesium will burn underwater, won't it? Yeah, that's why I, I see. I'm going back but, to all but, my training. But the nice stuff. part about it is with a halon, like you said, with a halon dump, and I'm just I just brought up magnesium because it makes its own oxygen. Yeah. It'll yep. only be able to burn at its own pace, which is great because right. now because the problem with magnesium or things like it is it it starts everything else on fire. So, yeah. well, going back to flint and steel, there's a reason why that's magnesium on the backside of yeah. Of you the, just just uh, grind uh, down a little bit of pile and yep. put it together and. There you go. Burn it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's um yeah that it's a fire. You know, definitely think about that. I mean, you could have a fire in your house. Know how to put it out. I mean, don't be brave. You know, you know, get out. Let the professionals deal with it. But if it's something small, you know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's not stupid to be prepared at all. No, no, at all. And and a fire extinguisher can really save you from you know, being in a hotel for a couple of months or yes. whatever it might be. I mean, when there was people, you know, a year and a half ago running around throwing flammable things at, at people's houses and apartments, I mean, it sure is nice to yeah. be able to deal with that because nobody's getting to you. Nobody's coming no. to help you. No one. It no. is a bunch of angry people and you and your house or whatever that situation might be. If you can take, if you can handle the situation because there's no dialing, the three-digit number. There's no one coming to help. It's gone. No, not at all. I mean, and even then, um, you know, it's, it cracks me up as where people are like, well, the police will save us. Well, guess what? The police don't have to. Yeah, that's that's a very, very odd. They don't, ha they don't have to. No, um, it's, it's really odd. But, it, I mean, the problem is, is with most of the time, 
when they're called, they're called because something had already happened. Yes. You don't call them when nothing happened. You don't call them before something happened. Yeah. So that's 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 the really the other issue to that whole relying on someone else thing is you're getting them after something has happened, whether it be a plumber because a pipe burst, whether like, you know, like you said, the halon thing. I'm sure you let someone know once you got your mask on or figured out what was going on. You had to call yeah. your boss or whoever. It already the, the action already happened. Yeah, exactly. It's too late. I mean, we were sitting there. Basically, we had to let people know so we could get out because the doors are locked. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're locked in the data center. So we need um, to override the security system and get out. Yeah. Well, well, the, and the funny thing was is that the people who did that was the fire department. Oh. Um, so we had to wait for the fire department to show up. And then to make matters worse, one of the guys there is claustrophobic. Oh, that doesn't help anything started freaking out and trying to get his mask off when, <laughs> oh. when, the fire, when the fire department came in, there's, there's four of us literally sitting on this guy on the ground. And, you know, the fire department's walking and going, what's going on? Yeah. Because they got called there and obviously yeah. a ambulance system went off and you guys are holding someone else down. Yeah. That had to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's like one o'clock in the morning. So, um, but anyways, yeah, well, we've been going, we've been going a little over an hour and a half. Um, and I, you know, it's, I know well, it's eight o'clock here, so it's nine o'clock your time and you've been busy as hell. Yep. So, uh, so, you know, how do people find you? You know, how do people find your channels for when, you know, for when you start creating that content again? Um, just, yeah, it's just, it's switch pod on YouTube. Um, you can drop a comment if you want to generally get to every single comment, unless it's you know, obviously a troll or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I usually even answer them too. But uh, <laughs> Instagram, I think it's uh, SwitchPod 200AJ or something like that on Instagram. And I believe I have a Twitter account. I'm rarely there. And then uh, Full30. Yeah. So, and that's just SwitchPod cool. and Full30. So unless anything, unless something changed during the, the transition, but I don't think you just said nothing changed. So yeah, everything's everything's moved over, and um, for everybody listening to the podcast or watching the podcast, I'll have I'll have all the links down in the uh, description, so that way you can go see his content. And trust me, guys and girls, we uh, we recognize both genders here. It <laughs> is <laughs> sorry, that was a, I know that's a, that's kind of a prod to to some people out there, but generally they're probably not watching this podcast or listening to it. Um, Trust me, the, the content the content that SwitchPod does is great. Um, I, I enjoy it um, just because. Oh my god! I just went on your on your Instagram and you have how to fix a how how to fix a running toilet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, it's just it's just funny, right? Uh, so that you know. I'll have all the links down there, so that way you can go check out his content and definitely check it out, especially. When he starts turning things, I mean, you, you did that whole movie about was it the the blast forward device um, for a gun? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen them, but you know, I was funny because I was talking to my wife about that at breakfast this morning. Just that video that you did, because she was like, "Oh, who's on tonight?" And I was like, "Switchbot," and she's she's like, "Who?" <laughs> yeah, like, very very odd name. Yeah, <laughs> and I was I started talking about the work and all that stuff, and she's like. Well, why would you want one of those devices? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm talking about it and go, you can buy them, but uh, 
that's not this guy. <laughs> no, he made no. one. Well, a six so, inch uh, barrel is deafening with seven six two by thirty nine or anything really. Yeah. So, so, uh, um, so definitely go check out his content. It's great. He has got so much knowledge locked up into his head um, that he just loves to share with everybody. And it's great watching you work on on the uh, you know the the lathe behind you there, and just just the work you do is great. And you know, and again, I want to thank you for helping me out, but helping everybody else out as well. I mean, you're you're you were like I said before, you were the first content creator that was just like, hey, we're a community. Here's some knowledge, and. Um, and that's why I was like, this is awesome. And I finally found, I, I finally found the people that I want to be around. You know, we're not, even though we're both creating content on guns, it's, it's not a competition. No, it's a community. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I think that's, that's really important with uh, the firearm realm, whatever it might be is <laughs> to just have everyone stop bickering about, about stuff that doesn't matter like the 1911 versus the glock guys or the ak and the ar guys or what it doesn't matter we're all into the same thing it's just someone someone found something first you know either by a father figure showing them or their own dad or a neighbor or whoever there's no reason to argue about it or this is a cheaper gun this is more expensive it doesn't matter it, it really doesn't matter because yeah. that person will be there for you when you need them so absolutely so again thank you with using your words, thank you for being there for the community. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And the kind words. Thank you very much. Yeah. No problem. And for those of you who don't know, I haven't said it yet. I call SwitchPod my brother from another mother. That's right. <laughs> just, just because he's helped me out with with the the knowledge. So he is he is definitely my brother from another mother. I love talking to SwitchPod. He's such a great guy to really just sit down and just talk. He is the content creator, brother from another mother, not just for me, but quite frankly, for everybody. He will help anybody out. If you ask a question, he works hard to answer it. That's how I learned speeds and feeds. I didn't know that stuff. He's a machinist. He knows how to do that stuff. I had a question, I asked it. He didn't know me from anybody and he took time and explained it to me and he explained it and I knew well, it, we did it through a forum post on full 30 and probably, I don't know, three messages. I knew exactly what to do. I knew it. I knew how to do this because he explained it in such a simple way. Now look, I know this podcast kind of rambled on a little bit when I was talking to SwitchPod, and quite frankly, that was my fault. I was not quite as prepared as I should have been, but there's a lot of good information in here. I want you to be prepared. Now, I kind of went into guns because, well, it's a gun channel, right? And Switch and I are both into guns. He does some amazing work. Because, again, he's got that machinery there. It's just really cool to watch him do stuff. And I'll have a link down below to his channel. And I'm not going to send you to the YouTube channel. I'll send you to his Full 30 channel, which is actually on Juxi. Full 30 is 
becoming, well, the gun channel for Juxi. I'll leave that subject alone. I have some personal feelings about that, but even I have my full 30 channel, and yes, it's out there on Juxi as well. Go watch his content. It's really, really cool stuff. It's the stuff that you just, well, want to do. Now, as we went from guns into preparedness, there's no secret for me to my audience. At least there shouldn't be. Do they want you to be prepared? I talked about losing skills about a month ago. Are we losing our competitiveness because we're losing our skills? I think we are. You need to learn skills. SwitchPod has got a great channel to learn skills. I mean, he does some really cool stuff with machinery. And then, you know, we go on to preparedness. Preparedness is a skill. Now, what are you going to prepare for? Well, it depends. What do you want to prepare for? What is most likely to happen to you? If you're along the East Coast, you're more likely to get hit by a hurricane. Then, well, I don't know, the Illuminati coming or the Blue Hats coming to take your guns. If you're here in the West, we have heavy snows and earthquakes. That's what you would prepare for. When I first moved to Montana, you know, I started hearing about getting a bag for your car, you know, having some essentials because you might be out on the road. You may end up into an accident or you spin out in the snow or whatever. And it might be a while before anybody even knows that you're missing or you can even see you. So you want to be prepared for that. Or you might be stranded with everybody else in a whiteout. And trust me, I've been in a whiteout here in Montana. It's not fun. Really is not fun. Be prepared for the most likely things to happen to you. Get the basics covered. Now, obviously, you may not be in a whiteout. You know, if you live in the south and it's warm, you don't get the snows that we have here. But you have heat. What happens if you're in heat? How are you going to stay cool? How are you going to have you know, shade? Things like that. Think of the things that are most likely to happen to you. Start small. Now, after you expand to that stuff, you start expanding into well, a bigger world. My wife and I, we were in some pretty big debt. When we moved here from the East Coast, we lived like we were on our East Coast salaries. Montana is a pretty poor state. Jobs don't pay a lot here. You know, people are like, oh, it's great. You live in Montana. It's, it's so awesome. And don't get me wrong, it is. But you pay for that. One way or another, you pay for it. They're low paying jobs here. How do you get around that? Well, you cut expenses. We did not cut expenses. We ended up in a lot of debt and it took us a long time to get out. And we made some very tough choices. But out of that, we became, I won't say financially self-sufficient because we're not, because we still rely on other things. 
you know, I lost my job back in November. We didn't freak out. Now, don't get me wrong. It's scary. But we were prepared for it because that's what we prepared for. Most likely for us was to lose my job. A down economy. Snowstorms, stuff like that. We prepared for all that stuff. Now, getting out of the disaster that we're in, don't get me wrong, losing your job is a disaster. We're working through that, right? I started up my own company. I'm trying to do some consulting, trying to get the video channels up and running, get the podcast going, trying to get those as, well, avenues of revenue. It's a slow, hard process, but we're working through it. I want you to think about preparedness. I want you to go away with skills. I want you to go away with knowledge. Being prepared is not having an AK-47 and 7,000 rounds of ammo and think that you're going to, you know, go scream, you know, Wolverines. It's not Red Dawn. The Russians invading, the China's, China invading, those stuff are not the most likely things to happen to you. Don't get me wrong. You need security. Guns bring security, but do you know what to do with your gun? Do you know how to maintain it? Do you know how to field strip it, clean it? Do you know how to shoot it? Do you know how to shoot it accurately? How many rounds have you fired through it? Because Quite frankly, shooting 500 rounds, you are not prepared with that firearm. You need to know what's going on. You need to be trained. Learn skills, be prepared, and train. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.